Bonjour, tout le personne. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the football show right here on the Cathedral of Sport podcast, hosted by me, Ash, and his back folks from his two-week hiatus slash skive. It's a right reverend, Paul B. Love. How are you, Squire? Uh, thanks for that introduction. Uh, a skive? Uh, possibly, yes. Uh, I'm feeling not too bad, actually. A slight bit of a head cold, so if I sound a bit sniffly, people, I do apologise. Uh, how's yourself, Ash? I'm fine, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Um, I've had that cold as well, by the way. I had it a few weeks ago. But I've just been doing podcast stuff, hill walking, fishing, catching nothing, as usual. You know, you know how it is. Right, guys, on this show, we are going to talk about the following. We're going to do a Scottish roundup. We're not doing the EPL roundup. They're on a one-game ban with us. A one-show ban for dodgy VAR decisions and dodgy refereeing decisions. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the use of VAR not being done properly. Refs not checking monitors. A Brighton player got sent off at, at the weekend against Newcastle for something that was completely not his fault. And they didn't even... Uh, it, it's just pathetic. And I, I'm, I'm banning the EPL for one show. So, the French football is going to come in. Liga 1 roundup. Yes, folks, you did hear that right, honestly. And I'll explain why later in the show. Going to do a wee bit about Coleraine. Fans in grounds after the news of rising cases. We're also going to talk about live streaming and our season ticket holders being ripped off. And is it time certain football clubs sacked their PR team? Going to start with Scotland and a results roundup for you all. Celtic beating Livingston at home 3-2. Dundee United beating St Mirren at home 2-1. Killy 2-1 winners against Hamilton Ackies. St Johnston losing at home 1-0 to Ross County. Hibs and Rangers a 2-2 draw at Easter Road. And Aberdeen being shocked at home by Motherwell by three goals to nil. Motherwell three goals up at half time, even though they had a Europa League tie in mid-well. So did Aberdeen, didn't they? But you don't expect Motherwell to go to Katodri and be three nil up at half time. As the table stands, Livy, Livy propping up the table, as I expected they would. I knew they'd be in for a long season. Um, I'm being proved right at the moment, and I was still early on. There with five points. Aki's just above them with six. St Mirren in 10th with seven. So look at the top of the table. Rangers on top with 20 points. Celtic one point behind with a game in hand on 19. And Hibs still doing very, very well on 17 points. Bob Hibs, not a bad side as we've spoken about before. But I, I still think, and I know you love him to bits. I know he's one of your, one of your personal favourites. And he's a nice guy. I'll put that out here right now. He, he did give us a signed shirt for our, our raffle. But we're not talking on personal terms here. We're talking on football terms. Ryan Porteous, uh, Bob, a, a bit of a bit of a liability again. It, 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 it seems to fly off the handle. Lack of discipline there. Well, as you mentioned that, Hibbs put out a statistical analysis today on their Facebook feed. Uh, and he's actually one of the best ranked defenders in the whole of Scotland. Yes, statistically. But... He also has the tendency to lose the head and do something daft. Like what, you know, I, look, I know guys, we're, like, we're old school football fans and we like to see a bit of a bit of this and that going on. Um, what he did to Alfredo Morelos is uncalled for. Look, we know what Morelos is like, okay? <laughs> we know Morelos is just as bad, maybe worse sometimes. But um, from, a, from a Hibs perspective, and if I was a Hibs fan, I'd be certainly 
certainly worried about the way he conducts himself sometimes the way he flies into challenges and he, he, he could potentially cost Hibs points this season with his indiscipline. Um, well, I think Sunday was his first booking, was it not? No. Um, I had him on my fantasy team and I had to get him out because I think that's the third, his third this season. Well, he certainly won't be sent off yet. He's the well, most fellow player in the league or something as well, I believe. He's, 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 it's a matter, just a matter of time before he gets sent off, to be honest. Possibly, but at the minute they've barely lost a, a, a goal from open play. He's part of that defence. Statistically, done very well. At the minute, he's obviously a benefit than a, than a, than a kind of drawback. So, I think you can yeah. probably argue till you're blue in the face here, but I, I reckon most Hibs fans would be saying, yeah, we'll have him on my team. The fact they can stick it up, Stevie G, who's absolutely lost it, was quite amusing. A wee 21-year-old Fidel Cleese, and he's got right in Stevie G's head. And Talk Barrison about it. Barrison for Gerald. <laughs> Talking about a 21-year-old from Dalkeith. Is he... Would you like to see him in the Scotland squad now? I'm not talking about down the line. I'm not talking when he's kind of matured a bit and, and calmed down slightly. I'm talking about right now. If Steve Clark was to pick Ryan Porteous, would you and, and Scotland fans and Titan Army members listening in, would you want him in your team right now? Would you want him, would you want him in the Scotland squad? Well, he can't be any worse than what's already there. <laughs> Probably not. So, you know what I mean? It's one of those things as well. Would you want to bring him in? Well, the thing is, he might be able to go there and maybe Steve Clark can have a word with him and have a bit more more discussion with him. Because I, I know I'm watching him playing for under-21s. He's a bit more disciplined than he is at club level. Um, So I don't know if it's just how it is for Hibs because he's a Hibs fan or whatever else. And sometimes red miss comes. I don't know. Sometimes maybe he's got a target on his back by the referees, which we all know they do, despite them denying that they do. Um, so I, I wouldn't really have a problem, I don't think, bringing him in. At least give him the experience of coming in like they do with the goalkeepers. Because at the minute, centre-half, we've got a paucity of decent centre-halves. They keep trying to shoot on Kieran Tierney in there, which could work out. But then you've got somebody like Porto who is actually centre-half. Why not give him a game? Yeah, um, that's just both sides of the argument, isn't there? So, look, I, 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 jury's out for me. I'm going to let Scotland fans, even though I look out for Scotland's results, um, I'm going to let Scotland fans decide that and, and tweet us in at cathedral underscore sport messages or, you know, comment on Facebook, cathedral of sport. We are on there as well. Going to move on to the, the Hibs goalie, though, um, Bob. A lot of people, well, a lot of Hibs fans are saying he is... He's the best goalie in the league. I, I, I'm not. I'm not Hibbs' biggest fan, as as a lot of people know. <laughs> um, but I, I'm tending to side with him on this. I'm tending to agree. I, I, you know, I've had him in my fantasy team now since game one. Um, I, I don't think I'm, I'm going to replace him for the foreseeable future. I, I honestly think he is the best goalkeeper in the in the Premiership right now. Um. Quite possibly. I've not really seen a lot of the rest of them, but I've, been, I've, I've said to some of my Hibernian supporting friends that I've, I've quite liked Marciano for a long time. Um, they've not had much luck, Hibs with goalkeepers. Um, and that's probably an understatement. Um, and in some ways for, for <coughs> us non-Hibernian supporting people, it can be quite galling to see a decent keeper there. But no, I think... I think uh, 
I think Marciano's quite a good keeper. Uh, as, as I can hear the Gil Lumsden from the City saying, just get the basics right. And Marciano tends to do that on a regular basis. And anything else on top of that is a bonus. Yeah. Um, look, I, 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 I'm a big fan of his. I, I, you know, even though he plays for Hibs. I'm sorry, Hibs fans. I'm <laughs> sorry about my personal grievances. But he's the best goalie in the league, in my opinion. Uh, Hibs have got a real coup there. The other goalie in the league last season that I thought would was just as good was that, that Hladke, who was at St Mirren, but he's now gone to Salford City. Great, another great goalkeeper, but he's, he's unfortunately again been been poached down south, like a lot of lot of decent players and goalkeepers tend to do when they come to Scotland and they make a name for themselves after one season. So they don't tend to stick around for too long. But hopefully Marciano does, um, just not in an Edinburgh derby. Anyway, Bob, you wanted to say a little bit about uh, a team from Northern Ireland that's been uh, been doing quite well for themselves lately. Indeed, I do. I thought it would probably be appropriate to mention Coleraine's results in Europe the last few weeks. Um, going over to Maribor and winning their penalties. Uh, not many teams go to Maribor and even get a result. So for a little part-time team from Northern Ireland to go over there and do that, uh, it was a pretty magnificent result. And then as we thon- saw on Thursday uh, against Motherwell, they performed pretty well again. Um, went 2-0 down pretty quickly and you're kind of fearful for them a little bit. But they, they kind of came back into it. Um, deservedly equalised a couple of penalties. Uh, Motherwell were absolutely dreadful, um, as I have been, I think, for quite a lot of this season. Uh, but not taking anything away for Coleraine, they came in, they did well. They adapted. Uh, unfortunately, the penalties didn't quite work out this time. But for a, for a, a part-time team from Northern Ireland to, to have such a number of good results in Europe is a magnificent achievement. Um so it's probably worth us giving a wee mention to them. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, and well done to to Coleraine in Maribor because Maribor have been a sort of a thorn in the side of Scottish sides before. They're 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 a, they're a very decent side, Maribor. And when they beat them there, I was, I was I was really shocked, but I was really made up for them as well. So I'm glad to see teams from Northern Ireland do well. They don't really get a lot of press. Um, Limfield don't tend to do, get past a round or two in in qualification normally. Glenn Torren, I haven't seen in, in, in the Europa League for some time. I can't remember the last time Glenn Torren were in there. Um, and uh, the other team... Oh, did they? Did Glenn Torren play this season? Yeah, they played Motherwell the round before. Ah! Well... Motherwell beat them 5-1, I think it was. Show, shows, how much, shows how much attention I'm paying. Sorry, Glenn Torren fans and, and Motherwell fans for being so ignorant as well. Um... I, I, I want to see Northern Ireland teams do well. I'd like to see the Welsh teams. I'd like to see teams from the from the UK and, and the Republic of Ireland do well in European competition and get as far as possible. Bob, I'm going to move on now to Liga on in France. Now, you can carry on with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I've... Lately, I've, I've, I've turned. I, I took a, a very vague interest in, in French football years ago, and I thought, oh, PSG are just winning everything. I'm just sick of them, to be honest. But now, it's. I've been watching it since fans have been back in the grounds, and they've been creating a good atmosphere, even though there's been a max of five thousand. And I haven't, I haven't watched it as I said for for a very long time. And I thought the standard is really, really good. The the, the plays really open. It, it a lot of people say, oh, it's boring. There's a lot of draws. There's not a lot of goals scored. Blah 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 blah, and they're wrong, guys. You're you're lying. 
you're lying to yourselves. Get get BT Sport on and and put League on, and then you'll you'll enjoy it. I, I can promise you that. Um, my anti PSG agenda is still there. Um, <laughs> we spoke about PSG a couple of a uh, couple of episodes ago, and there when they when they lost in Europe, and uh, we don't like PSG very much on this show. I don't think many people do, unless you're a Parisian. But anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you the results, whether you care or not. Um, we'll try and try and big French football up a little bit. Lyon drawing at home to Nîmes, 0-0. RC Lons beating Bordeaux 2-1 at home. Rennes 2-1 against Monaco. They came from behind. Nice losing 3-0 at home to the Boutique Tourist Club that we've just mentioned before. Brest 3, Lorient 2. Mets 2. Well, Mets 2. Now, this, this is a funny thing here, right? Many British people would call this team Ream or Reams, okay? Right? Now, I had to Google this, and I thought, how do you pronounce that? Is it Ream or Reams? It's actually not. It's actually pronounced Ronce. What the hell is that all about? Ronce, apparently. Spelled R-E-I-M-S. There you go. Right? Losing 2-1 away at Mets. Mets' first win of the season, fully deserved after the way they played against uh, the Boutique Tourist Club the other night. And they've only had like one nil losses all season. So they've been in and there and thereabouts. I'm glad the, the Maroons got their first win of the season. Montpellier beating Angers 4-1 at home. Strasbourg beating Dijon Mustard 1-0 at home. Nantes 2, Saint-Étienne 2. Marseille with a 1-1 draw at home to Lille, which is a bit of a poor game. And I also noticed that Steve Mandanda was playing in goal for Marseille. And how he's only a year older than me is baffling. He looks like he's had an uphill paper round and he looks 50 plus. I, I, I honestly thought he was about, realistically, about 40-ish or so, but he's, he's only 34. Um, Bob, I'm, I'm actually loving the French League at the minute. I'm, I'm really getting into it. I'm really getting into the games. The atmosphere's been good, as I said before. It's quite tight at the top of the table. Saint-Étienne are top with 10 points. Rennes, tech, second with 10 points. Montpellier, third. No boutique tourist club in the top four. Absolutely loving that. And long may that continue. At the bottom, Dijon Mustard, as I call them, still pointless. Um, rock bottom. Uh, Rance, not Reims, guys, or Reem. Rance, just above them on one point. Strasbourg, just above them on three points. And Metz, out of the relegation zone after that win at home to Rance. Guys, give it a chance. You know, I know, I know it gets slated off. It's like I say to English people, right? When they talk to me about Scottish football, they go, oh, it's crap. It's it's pub football, Sunday league. My nan could score in Scotland, blah, 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 blah. You know all the crap. You've heard it all before, guys. But I've introduced a couple of people to Scottish football and they've actually enjoyed it. So I'm going to push French football on you guys and just watch a game. Just give give one game a chance. Um, I think it's Marseille-Metz this weekend on Saturday night. So uh, I'll be tuning into that. So if you've got nothing else to do before match of the day, it's an eight o'clock kickoff. Uh, give it a go, Bob. Mm-hmm. Now, we're gonna get to the. Uh, we've done the roundups. We're gonna get to the the business end of our of our podcast. New rising COVID cases or false negatives or whatever. None of us have a Scooby about, to be honest. But there is a concern. Fans were only started to be allowed back in. And now the decision has been made to halt 
any fans coming back in the EFL until March. I don't know what's going on with non-league yet. Um, I'm still trying to find out about that. But we were starting to slowly, very, very slowly, it's in, and in Scotland as well, where, where, the, where they did a uh, test event at Ross County and at Patodri, we're slowly starting to get back into the back into normal. Um, and now it looks like it's all going back to square one again, mate. Um, it very much looks like that. Um, I, I'm not particularly surprised this was how it was going to go anyway. Um, such as the way things have been handled around the around COVID anyway. But much like I said in our, our football show a few weeks ago, my concern was always how fans would be once they got into grounds. And you're seeing pictures in non-league grounds of nobody social distancing, fans running onto the pitch at goals, reports like there was that game last night, the hashtag 90 game, which I'm not going to, I'm not interested in like who, what they are or whatever else, but there was pictures of fans in that, and players hugging them. There's been reports on social media that happened at games. I just saw a picture today on Twitter from someone who's at an non-league ground. Everybody's bunched in together. It's like, you know, for all that fans could go back and many times fans should probably be going back to help try and get their club going, they need to do themselves a favour. Yeah. And as much as, um, I, said, as much as I said back then as well, this was always my fear was that fans wouldn't pay attention to, to what the guidelines were. Moreover on that, is that you're going to have lots of people who, some of these non-league grounds, who are just kind of volunteers, they're not really going to be putting their neck out to try and split people up in case it causes some kind of sushi. And that's the difficulty it was always going to be. Um, so I, I, like, I've got great sympathy and I still do, and I would still prefer fans to be there at social distancing. But at the same point, they need to do themselves a favour. Well, yes, you you are right. But I'm going to throw in throw in my my two pence here um, about it. And Bob, I, I think look, you know, I know that there's been a rise in cases, and I know people, a few people, are starting to panic again. And look, people have had enough. And I know that, uh, and I know you're saying about people should be following protocols and stuff like that. But people just, people have got to the stage now where they just want to live and they don't want to be told they have to wear a mask and social distance from their friends and stuff like that. People are willing to roll the dice, whether in the long run, okay, that's the right idea, a right decision for them to make or not. Okay. I don't know that yet myself. Okay. But people have had enough. I, I, I speak to a lot of people on a daily basis. Um, I read a lot of tweets. I, I, I read social media quite a lot. And people want the barriers broken down very, very quickly. People don't want to go back into lockdown. I, I'm sure you don't yourself. Um, people want to be able to hug their mates again, hug players and, and, and just have some normality back in their lives, Bob. And look, I, it sounds like I'm, I'm sympathising with with people that are that are doing this, but I'm, I'm just I'm just keeping an open debate about it because you can't, we can't carry on like this for too long because people are going to lose the rag and lose the head big time. And it, football, as I said before, football fans are tribal, Bob. They're tribal. Football fans are passionate. 
you know, it, it, this is it, people need the atmosphere and the camaraderie. I would say at a, at a football game, especially those that have mental health issues as well. That it was their only sort of release in life to go to football, stand with people, jump up and down, do the poshnan or whatever nonsense goes on at football games sometimes. But you know that's what if that makes some people happy, then so be it. And I, I think a lot of happiness is in in the coming months is being taken away from football fans for something that may or may not be as deadly as as people. And making out, or, the, or or what we're being told. Well, 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 on that note, you say people are willing to roll the dice. People have been rolling the dice for the last few months, and the cases are at the highest since the beginning of May. Right, and that's when people were in lockdown. So, yeah, but... hospitalisation, hospitalisations <laughs> are creeping up. Uh, deaths are now creeping up again, um, and we can argue about whether this is a statistical way or not, or whatever else. That's the bare facts of it. Um, it, it's it, people are willing to do a, you can't just say people are willing to put themselves at risk people are willing to put themselves at risk every day for a variety of jobs but in the same respect people know what the risks are a lot of people say they're willing to take risks with COVID on all the risks well you don't it's a new virus you don't know what the long term effects are and you don't know how it's going to affect you in the long run it could yeah, be but... a worst case scenario it could be the worst case scenario where you die You've now seen what's known as long-term COVID, with like scarring on the lungs, people having breathing problems now, and they're probably going to have them for the rest of their lives. And I get all the fact, and I, and I know this, I'm probably acutely more acutely aware than a lot of people because I have nobody else here. I am on my own in this house. right? So I know the needs of people having to get out and do things. But at the same respect... I also appreciate the point that you can't just be willing to just keep putting yourself at risk and not just putting yourself at risk, putting other people at risk. Yeah, but if if people keep getting conflicting inf- um, amounts of information from the government and, and medical sources and academics, so to speak, about, uh, about this virus, um, with so many cl- conflicting reports about and charts and data and all this that are all conflicting each other, People are just going to switch off and think, do you know what? This is a load of nonsense. And look, the, 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 I mean, problem, the, problem, the problem then with that is, is, is also that kind of comes back to what I just said. Because it's a rapidly evolving virus and rapidly evolving knowledge, things are going to seem uh, confusing or complicated or misleading because there's that much of new stuff coming out that almost as soon as the old stuff gets printed, it then becomes old because then there's a new test that's come out or a new bit of scientific evidence that's come out. So whatever, people are just going to go, oh, well, fuck it, I'm not going to bother. Well, okay, do that. But you, you need to be aware that this might not actually work. Now, the problem also comes from the fact that the government aren't being particularly... Um, they're not being particularly coherent in their approach, especially in London. Right, and that's not to say Nicola Peel's done any worse or any better because she's had her problems too. But it goes back to what we said weeks ago. They didn't fire their head advisor who broke every rule in the, in the rule book on what was happening at the time. Was that so big, big, just, big, big, big daddy cum comes, was it? Well, there you go. 
You know what I mean? Ah. People are then going to go, people are just going to go, well, he done it, why can't I do it? If they'd fired him on the spot, or if he'd resigned, I can bet you right now that the majority of people are just saying, well, I'm just going to go and do normal things. We're probably sitting going, well, do you know what? Maybe I'll just follow the advice again. And that's where the problem lies. And because of that, we're now starting to see things suffering around the country, whether that be people, whether that be relationships. And as a, obviously as we're on a football and as a whole sporting podcast, sports have been decimated. We've had the ice hockey season in Britain cancelled. The speedway season has been cancelled. You know, two of my favourite sports. Rugby league can't get fans in. They're struggling. Non-league football is going to struggle. And there's absolutely nothing coming forward from the government to help out these people. The Premier League are sitting on their hands about giving money out, even though they've got a huge wealth reserve. And they're trying to put conditions on it for uh, for giving money out to the EFL to do with, like foreigners and quotas and all this rubbish, right? Teams are teams are absolutely dying here, and the Premier League are going out shelling out billions, right? They're putting out millions on millions and shelling out hundreds of thousands of pounds per week, and they can't just afford to say, oh, look, here's some clubs in our region. Well, let's give you X amount. Hopefully, this gets through the next. This will help you get through the next few months. It's not forthcoming. It's embarrassing. It's a. Uh, it's a. Cl- these people are owned. A lot of these people are owned by billionaires. Many of them who are tax exiles. Many of them who try to take the piss out of the government and use the furlough scheme when they didn't really have to. Even though all businesses, I guess, would try and do that and try and pull a fast one. But not every football club done that, especially not at that level. And now they're, they're pontificating about what they're going to do with the money. Just give them the money. Right? It can't be that difficult just to give some of these teams a wee bit to get them through. It's a classic case, isn't it, of the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. Um, this is why, you know, we can, we can go go all political. Um, we don't try to on this show. But, you know, that's why a, a lot of the rich keep their keep their money in tax havens so they don't have to, so they can keep as much wealth as possible. It's essentially this is what the premier league uh, the english premier league are are doing as well you've got you've got Berry that have gone to the wall you've got macclesfield that uh, have gone to the wall southend united are very close to going out of business um, with a, a 495,000 pound tax bill um which has been adjourned again so uh, look it's it's going to it's not just going to be southend there's going to be a lot more teams in court over the coming months with unpaid this and unpaid that and it's 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 not their fault as you said there's a huge wealth of money reserved in the Premier League, but greedy people and greedy corporations will always be the same. They will clutch on to whatever they have and it's all me, 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 mine, mine, mine. Um, well, and, that, and that's the problem as well. But, but, but taking, sorry, to go against some little on a minor run, part of the problem of like, teams like Bury not getting help or getting out is that the rules didn't allow for it. You know, I believe there were people at some, a couple of local league clubs, local Premier League clubs and whatnot, were looking to help them out with the money. The EFL said no. What planet are these people living on? You know, these are clubs that are intrinsic to their communities, you know, and it's not like, oh, you can't help them out with a wee bit of money here and there. It's embarrassing. It's, again, I'm going to go back to the point of it is, the rich staying rich and everyone else fuck yourselves basically um, from the from the English Premier League now we have to sit at home and 
watch football now for the next God knows how long. So we're going to move on to on to that point uh, about live streaming and football on the TV. Live streaming, Bob, are season ticket holders being had over, um, ripped off in the lower leagues um, or in in Scottish football as well, where there isn't as much money as there is, obviously, in the English Premier League. Had a, a fan write into us on, on that question just to start that, that topic off. John Steedman from Scotland uh, said, it isn't worth the money. At Easter Road, it costs 440... It's a Hibs fan. £440 for an adult season ticket in a normal seat. It's quite a lot of money for a normal seat there, John. Jesus. We play 16 home fixtures, meaning we pay £27.50 per game. Would we normally pay that much for a normal game on TV? I know I certainly wouldn't. And if you do, you expect high quality service for £27.50 a game. When on Hibs TV, you don't at all. Audio quality is terrible for some games. Bob, it is. it seems that there's a trend in streaming lately from fans of clubs. I know, um, obviously, I've got a keen eye on Southend United um, and... There was a lot of moans and groans about season ticket holders not even being able to access the site for the start of the game against Harrogate. Might have been worthwhile actually missing that game, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, um, they paid the money. They've got the code from the club. They put the code into the laptop, iPad, phone, whatever, to watch the game. And they're not getting the content that they've been promised, even though they've paid been paid full Oh, sorry, have paid full price for a season ticket. Um, I think that, like, this is kind of like a two, probably like a, a, a number of points. Yeah. Is that there's a lot of fans currently in Scotland who, and I think this applies to England as well, I guess, who are seen a lot of the time as a season ticket, as a donation to the club to help get them through. And that's fine, right? If that's how you want to approach it, bash on. Yeah. You know, I still haven't got a my Amber City scene ticket yet because they're not on sale yet, but I'm fully expecting that just to be a donation and to have priority for live streaming if you get to play, right? And I think most clubs set out that this would get you priority for your streaming. Uh, thanks very much if you can afford that. We know times are tough and most people went, yeah, okay, that's fine. On the other side of that, because you're only going to get back into grounds and you're unlikely to get back into grounds for another few months at least, I think fans were expecting a better product, for want of a better word, when they had their stream. And it's kind of difficult, I think, for a lot of people to marry up going, well, I've paid for my season ticket. You know, it was to help the club out, but the same respect, I need a little bit back. Because if you think about it, a lot of fans didn't just put money into the, the club through their season ticket. They bought it, they done it by paying out for merchandise, uh, you know, crowdfunders and all this kind of thing as well. So a lot of people are putting a, like more than what a normal season ticket would be just because of the type of times that it is. And a lot of these fans are now appearing to be shortchanged a lot. And frankly, that's not really good enough. Now, it's not always the club fault because I think in the AFL, I follow as a centralised kind of system and it's like it's not their own uh, streaming services so to speak so it's not like their own cameras or their own setup it's like I follow do it all and set it all up 
So then so it kind of goes back to what the AFL are doing about making sure I follow are right and making sure they're spot on. And that doesn't seem to be happening in England. Uh, Scotland, no. you're having fans complaining about it as well. I don't know what it's going to be like in the lower leagues because we've not had it yet. Um, it's, a, it's just a difficulty that I think teams are just going to have to get around and they possibly have to do slightly better for their fans to make sure that that experience, again, for want of a better word, is as good as it can be in times that are as difficult as they are just now. Well, they're going to have to do better because um, the EPL, the money bags, um, are showing all their games on TV, even though people have paid for season tickets. Therefore, if you've got a Virgin Media subscription with Sky Sports or BT Sport, or you've, like everyone in this country, has got BBC, you can watch Premier League games. But... You know, for for nothing, you know, you know, we talk about the casual armchair fans that support Premier League clubs that never go. They're the ones benefiting here. Your Southend fan, your Morecambe fan, isn't right because they can't watch Southend on the telly free. They haven't got that luxury. They're not afforded that luxury like Chelsea fans are, Man United fans, Liverpool fans, okay, Man City fans. Yeah, uh, teams in the lower leagues haven't got that luxury, so they're still still having to pay for that content. And I, I, I think they're being ripped off completely. Uh, on, that, on that note, though, they're not having to pay to see their team twice. They're Premier, not having to pay. Premier League season ticket holders are paid for their season tickets, assuming they're going to get back into ground sharpish. Now, all the games, every single Premier League game is going to be on live this month, and every single Premier League game is going to be on live next month. So if you don't have a Virgin or a Sky subscription to Sky Sports or BT and you want to watch it as a season ticket holder for a Premier League game in England, you then have to pay for that subscription because the teams aren't providing a streaming service. So therefore, you'll pay for your season ticket and then you have to pay on top of that to then watch your team. Yeah, but for the next two months, okay, a Chelsea fan in somewhere in another part of the world, they've got a worldwide fan base, we all know, um, has the same exact rights as someone that's paid £900 for a season ticket in the worst seat at Stamford Bridge. Um, someone who is from, I don't know, the West Country, Bridgewater, picking on you, picking on you lot again, that supports Liverpool or Man United that never ever goes to a game, has got just as much rights as a guy from Stretford that's had a season ticket for 40 years at Old Trafford. Yeah, what's that all about? Yeah, what do you mean, when, by, the when, same, when, what do you mean by the same rights? Well, they get it's it's this is a long term problem. I'm not just talking about COVID. This is a long term problem. Um, you know, people get people paying good money to see their team, while people that, that don't even bother putting any money into the club at all get to see it for free. Well, no, you got to pay for it. You still have to pay for it if they're abroad. You're paying for you're paying for a package, aren't you? I'm talking about UK. They're paying for a package. Most people pay it for abroad, get it for free. They got like, do you know how many channels you get abroad? Right? I went. I, I watched uh, English football abroad when I was abroad for nothing. Right? That depends so, on who you're well, it depends where you are. But I, I just think, look, it's 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 the streaming service is a rip off for lower league teams, definitely for lower league fans. It is hundred percent. 100%. John was right. John was absolutely bang on when he said that. 
Is it is it worth twenty seven pounds fifty per game? No. No, of course it's not. I'm not. I don't think I see it any different, do I? Well, no. I'm just saying. I'm just telling our listeners what I think. Right. Um. So, where, look, Bob. We can we can talk about this all night. Rip off this, rip off that, which I'm saying, and I'm going off. I'm going well, sort of a bit wayward, a bit wayward. But where, where's 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 the, the common thing, ground? Well, the thing is, it's, it's topical, though, isn't it? I mean, the, the the problem is is that you're not going to have like these fans aren't going to get that money back. And if fans want to now turn around and say, "I would like a refund on my season ticket," especially the ones with like that all have like a streaming service attached to that being like a being part of the season ticket, they're probably going to get help to get knotted. I don't think that's yep. particularly fair. Either. And that was always yep. always my issue. And I say it, I've, I've spoke to you about this before, about clubs selling season tickets. Now, yes, it helps get money in the club. Yes, it, especially in Scotland, it is an absolute necessity that they have these in. But if fans then start asking if this pandemic was going to last longer than what it was going to, and it's turned out it has, if people start asking for refunds and then get entitled to refunds, where's that going to put the club? Well, it's what I was just about to say about that. Now, EPL clubs, in my opinion, can afford to give their fans, um, you know, free free streaming for the, you know, season ticket holders, free free streaming, high quality streaming for for a season or two, definitely. And everyone else that doesn't go, um, maybe does a pays for a paper pay-per-view game which they're doing I think there's that there was that Sky thing uh, last season I saw where you could pay for a, a couple of matches on a Sunday you pay you pay on the day through Sky TV through oh, your TV I think it's like now TV in that you can do as well can't you yeah, yeah you that, for like a weekend pass and you get all the games and all this kind of stuff that's the one so now if there was a thing set up on the TV which could which could be done you, you know um, someone with decent IT skills could set it up um, where you go, say, say you're on the now, the now TV screen, or you're in the Sky Sports screen. Now you're about to watch an EPL game, and a screen comes up. If you've got a season ticket, you just press your code in on your remote or whatever, on your tablet or whatever. Bang! You get that for free. You get the weekend pass for free, or, 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 or to see your team for the next, for God knows how long, right? Because you paid your season ticket, and then the other people that haven't paid a season ticket pay the pay per view pass. Is that a fair common ground? It could be. It could be. Um, I'll probably have to give more thought to that. Um, but again, I think part, part of this problem that we're discussing is the fact of how, how much power Sky and BT have over the rights for football in the UK. Now, it's like we spoke about before. If you're, say, a North American sports fan and you're in America or Canada, right, you'll have all the games generally on cable television, right? Mm-hmm. But you can also buy a package such as like NHL TV, NBA Game Pass and all this kind of thing. Well, you pay, I think it's about $100 or something like that. And you can get whatever game you like whenever you want it and all this kind of stuff. But all they do is just black out the game that's on national television. So what can happen is you're still giving huge numbers of TV deals out that bring in huge amounts of like revenue. But you also got another side little earner that earns quite a bit too for those that don't necessarily want to watch the national broadcast. And I don't see why they can't do that here. As have Sky, Sky and BT still having the big games. So, for example, Sky get Liverpool, Man United and 
BT get Arsenal Tottenham, but it still allows other people to watch the other games when they want using a side package. I just cannot fathom, I've never been able to fathom why this thinking has never came over here yet. Yeah, um, they seem to do everything right over there, don't they, when it comes to sport? I mean, I'm still... I, I, I'm, I'm still someone who favourites a, a draft system. I don't know. I, I know it can't really be implemented here, um, but I, I actually favour things like that. I, I favour the way that they do TV. It, it seems sport is taken more fairly on a, on a, on a fair basis in, uh, across the pond. Um, we, and we're just run by some mogul who, you know, just rips people off constantly for a broadcast which isn't and you know what the punditry is like is, mm-hmm. isn't even isn't even that good to be honest especially for Scottish football um, and I swear they troll Scottish football on purpose by getting team names wrong when they're advertising games um, was it Hearts v Rangers the other day or something <laughs> yep that's the uh, one right. this, this but, is but a again, mold- yeah again I think part of that problem is because football is so dominant here and because there's such an antipathy to other sports in the UK is that you're kind of left with just football and broadcasters can really do what they like because they know they're not going to lose out. It's a bit different in the in the States, for example, where you've got four major sports and now I suppose you've got the MLS coming in, coming slowly, well, not slowly, but it's kind of starting to rise up as well. They've got other sports that are quite popular over there, like golf and tennis and these type of things. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you don't want to watch, if you don't want to watch the NFL, you can turn it to the NBA. If you don't want to watch the NBA, you can turn it to the NHL and so on and so forth. You know, you've got far more choice over what sports you want to play or watch. And that kind of hoops people in a bit more. Whereas here, if you're not really a football fan or are less of a football fan and enjoy other sports like myself, you kind of not really cater for at all. In fact, no, you're, no. Almost, you're almost, you, you kind of get rubbished for enjoying other sports. If you say, why would you want to do that? That's nonsense. Yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, we've got Sky Sports football, haven't we? We've got Sky Sports main event and Sky Sports action, which... Uh normally show football and um, there's sky sports f1 and i think there's sky sky sports golf two very very niche markets right okay um in the uk um formula one and golf i know it's a, it's a very popular sport to, to play golf but watching wise a lot of people think oh, i was boring to watch i just like playing it um so two but but what makes me think a bit bob is they're two very rich man sports aren't they that, uh, what, golf and Formula One. Yeah, uh, and, to, uh, to some extent. So there's there's something in that, in my opinion. But no, you're you're totally right. And and other sports are not given any airtime at all. I, I'm a big advocate for the British Basketball League. Hasn't even got a TV deal um, at all. The the British Ice Hockey League um, when it's on, obviously not on this season. I've seen I've seen a, f- a couple of games here and there on free sports. Um, that's about it, really. There's not really anything else and, to. And yet, the elite, the elite league hockey and in the UK is like the, the most watched indoor spectator sport in the country. But it can't get a TV deal now. There's 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 other reasons for this, which I'm not going to go into in the podcast. There's a lot of like long term issues behind the scenes, I guess. Um, Nothing too extravagant. It's not like I'm keeping a secret or anything. If you want to go and search it on Google, please do. Um, which kind of always hesitated to having a, a television deal. But then again, they've only just got one of three sports that's like one game a month or something. 
and yet it's a fairly co- it's it's a surprisingly popular sport in the UK, and that's going back even going back to the eighties when I was growing up. It was a huge sport in the eighties as well, but it just seems to get kind of like go by the wayside. The only other yeah. sport that's properly catered for in the UK is darts. Yeah, darts. Yeah, darts does get uh does get a lot of TV coverage. Um, that's because Barry Hearn, Barry Hearn's one of the boys, isn't he? So uh, that's why, that's why, that's why Eddie's match rooms on Sky as well. Funny that. Um, anyway, Paul, talking about PR, um, is it time? Is it time for as our last topic of the night, guys? Is it time for certain clubs to sack their PR teams? Um, I think we need to qualify that. Um, it's not necessarily to sack the PR teams. It's to sack the PR of clubs pretending that they're like their fans. So, for example, uh, say there's Spurs and there's Liverpool who are owned by exceedingly wealthy men who then decide to try and use the furlough scheme when their fans are having to have lockdown, are struggling to make ends meet, and you're looking at it going, what kind of message does that send? And it's very, very poor. And then they start making redundancies, saying, oh, we can't keep these we can't keep these people on, like at Arsenal, which goes back to the very first football show. I think it's like 55 people. And then they're just shelling out a huge big contract for Obama Young. And you're like, yeah, I can. Some say, well, the first team's got to take priority, and I get that. But the same respect, you need to have a look at the optics of this sometimes. And I think what this pandemic is really probably going to drive home to a lot of people and is going to give them the joke that they maybe needed is that clubs, for a, lot of, for a lot of cases, aren't like you and probably don't really care about you. They just want their money. Well, this is this is right. Um, I noticed this when I started to go into football on my own in like sort of early 2000s. Um, it started coming to prominence more in the mid-2000s. You weren't called a fan anymore um, on your on your ticket and then your on your little membership online or whatever you had you had a customer number now the word customer always like jumped out at me it's like okay so they don't class me as a supporter anymore or a fan they class me as a customer now you know this is this isn't B&Q yeah this is this is something that people are passionate about people love people grow up with generations in their family and pass down generations in their family. Um, this is, this is a tribal to some people, their local team and stuff like that. Why football fans aren't customers. Um, they're, 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 they're fans, they're supporters. And I think the language that comes out of clubs has put a lot of people off going to the big clubs the ones that obviously haven't got a lot of money. I think to myself, well, I'm not a customer. You know, I'm a fan. I've been a, a fan. My family have been fans of this club for, for 50, 60, 70 years. I'm going to go, I'm going to give my local non-league club a try. Um, like you did yourself, Bob. I mean, it's the same at Hearts. I mean, you you, you get a customer number. You're not, a, it's not like Mr. Mr. Bob um, Fallon and Mr. Ash Wilson, you know, it's, it's customer number zero zero four one six. What, 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 do you know what I mean? It's you can see what I'm saying here. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's especially a problem. The higher up the leagues you go, the lower you get. It still seems there's a bit more 
interaction with fans and your clubs. So, for example, in Scotland, you just need to have a look at some of the work that Stenhouse Muir did uh, throughout the pandemic, you know, delivering the goods to vulnerable people in the community, you know, people phone up season ticket holders and all that kind of stuff to make sure they were okay. That type Partic- of touch you don't really get down the lower leagues. Yeah, Although Partick did that as well, yeah. You do get it on, on some further up the leagues. Like, obviously, I picked on Spurs a little bit earlier on. I'll give them a bit of praise because Gary Mabbitt has been doing that for Spurs throughout the pandemic, um, as I noticed on social media the other day. Mm-hmm. But that, that's the, the higher up the chain you go, the rarer it becomes. The lower down you go, the more kind of personal touch, you could probably call it, is more prevalent. But that's not to say that some lower league clubs do that. And there's still some lower league clubs that kind of take the piss out of the fans a little bit because they know that the fans are really invested and they'll end up putting out money and they'll keep putting out money because they just want to see their club or they want to see their club survive. And I think football teams are acutely aware of the lengths that the fans will go to to either see a game or see their club survive. Although that's not all... That's not just particular for football. That happens in, I would say, a lot of sports. Um, and I think a lot of, and other sports have a tendency just to rest on the laurels, even. Oh, we're getting fans and we don't really have to do a lot of other things. Well, you kind of do, but you also have to remember the fans that got you there in the first place. And there's a, there's a, there's a fine balance in that. I think football higher-ups kind of lost that a little bit. Um, it's one of the reasons why I said in the very first show, why I stopped going to football further, higher up the chain or even watching it. It's yeah. just all of it just kind of sticks to my craw how fans are looked upon, really. Um, well, I, th- I think we need to adopt the German model um, in the UK. And pe- people be like, uh, people at the top, as a corporate types, I say, the yuppies would be like, oh, but, you know, we need as much money as possible. But at the end of the day, look at the German teams. Bayern Munich, current European champions. With the with the fifty one forty nine model that they've got in in Germany, they're classed as fans. They're treated as fans. They're not treated as customers. Yeah, this I, I think this is the the attitude that we need to adopt in in the UK and Ireland. Bob, is there anything you want to touch on? Any more points on that you want to touch on before I close the show this evening? Uh, it was probably just to extend that point about Germany, as I think. We don't have enough fan representation in clubs in the UK than we should. Whereas, obviously, in Germany and other countries like that, they have like fan reps on the board or whatever else, whatever kind of model you want to use. And fan fans being militant in the UK is pretty rare. Um, obviously, you've got the Supporters Federation and all this kind of stuff in England. But even today, they were saying, "Oh, it's great that all these games are going to be shown live uh, on television." But no one, nothing around season ticket holders then having to pay again to watch it because they're not getting a service through their team. Now, what makes it worse, I think, for the EPL team, for, for EPL fans, is that if you're in the EFL, you can still watch a game if it's live on television through iFollow if you want your own commentary. So, for example, the Ipswich game was live on telly for the first game of the season. You had a choice. You either watched it on your season ticket through iFollow or you watched it on Sky. Thereby meaning that those that didn't have a Sky subscription could still watch it. Yeah. Whereas the Premier League fans are getting that choice. Yeah. So maybe it might it might be worth the, like the, the FSF maybe being a bit more militant about this and going, well, it is nice it's going to be on television, 
and you know it's kind of like social fabric and all this kind of thing that football brings. But at the same time, you have to realise that your season ticket holders maybe need to have that their own way of accessing that if they can't afford a subscription on top of their season ticket and everything else that comes with life. Yeah, totally agree, Bob. Um, some great points there. Some great points again by the Rev in in tonight's show, guys. Guys, look, you've listened now. You've you've listened to us for the last fifty-two minutes. Please engage with us. Please give us some feedback. And it, feedback's been getting better. There are there are people every week now tweeting us in, and we're replying to you. And thank you for for, for giving us feedback and and tweeting in as well at cathedral underscore sport any of the topics that you want to talk about um to us in tonight's show please bring it up with us and we will answer you as soon as we can gonna close the show now bob um we've got fan guests coming up this week we've got anthony harold uh, bogen ant is his known as and hackbridge harry father and son duo from south london two in a mitchum united fans can't wait to have them on two great characters Aaron Good is coming on the show, former QPR player, non-league legend. And that show has been sponsored by Carl Keghorn, very kindly, of Musselboro. Thank you very much for that. New guests coming up as well. We have been able to get Gary, the governor, Furby, to come on the show. He's a bare-knuckle boxing champion, something a bit different for you guys. He's also in an upcoming film. He's going to promote his new book as well with us. Guys, we're on all the platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. So give us a listen. Just like to say to everyone as well, um, I'm sure Bob is going to say a couple of words as well in a minute. Thank you all for your listens because we've reached over a thousand now, well on our way to 2000. So uh, look guys, we just want to grow and grow and grow and get visual. I don't want to be doing audio forever. I want you guys to be able to like watch us on your phone and watch us on the, on the TV and sit back and, do you know what I mean? I, I'd rather that as well for you guys. You know, it's uh, podcasts that seem to do better and more get more interest are, are, are visual and people like visual. So that's what we want to get there as quickly as possible, which moves me on to donations to get us there. So guys, if, if, if you want to donate um, what you can, when you can, as you can, uh, that'd be great. We're, we, we've got a PayPal account at Cathedral Sport, not Cathedral of Sport, at Cathedral Sport. Wilson Ash 320 at gmail.com as i said whatever you can whenever you can as you can all right so there's no pressure bob i'm sure you are gonna thank our listeners uh most certainly am uh, as i've said on social media uh we're absolutely blown away um by how many listeners we've had already in the first month uh we probably we were absolutely not expecting as many uh so quickly so thanks to everybody for listening thanks to everybody that shares Thanks to everybody for the feedback. Some of it's been immensely generous and kind and very positive. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, and I'll see you sometime soon, I think. What the Rev said. Exactly what the Rev said. Bob, just one one last uh, quick question for you, mate. Um, have you ever heard of the comedian called Limmy? We'll be trying this one again, Ash. No, I'm just asking question <laughs> that, well what yeah yes yes no no how about that <laughs> sound like that guy at the vicar of dibley uh, right guys it will be back 
<laughs> we'll be back on Thursday night with our fan guest show. And me and Bob will be back together on the football show next week. Well, not, Thanks for wait, listening. Wait, wait, wait. Not next week. That is my 40th birthday. There is no chance I'll be recording any podcast next Tuesday. Next week, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Thanks for being a rep. Bye, guys.